Well, hello everyone. I'm your host, Colton Prater, and this is the Fires of Revival podcast. And as always, I'm honored that you would take the time to listen to today's episode. And for today's episode, we have another special guest, uh, the youth director at the Temple Baptist Church here in Powell, Tennessee, uh, Brother Steve Scoggins. He's been the youth director there for several years. And I'll be interviewing him and talking to him about youth ministry and some of the specifics of it and different things. So, But before we jump into that interview, I'll open up with a word of prayer and then we'll jump right in. Uh, Dear Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for this opportunity for us to record and the technology allowing us to do so. I ask that you be with the interview, that you'll calm both of our nerves. You just use this interview to reach people, impact people, Father, so that they can reach and impact others as well. Just want to thank you for this day. Thank you for this opportunity. And in your son's name, amen. So as I said, I'll be interviewing Brother Steve Scoggins, and he's here with me, and we will open up with our first question and work our way through so you can kind of have an idea who he is. But as an opening question, how did you get saved? Well, amen. I'm thankful to be able to be on this podcast today, and I appreciate Colton uh, taking the time to do this and uh, what a help it's been, I know, to so many people. And um, I want to talk to you just for a few minutes today about youth ministry and the burden that God has put on my heart. But uh, for me, it, it all started uh, when I was just a small boy, and uh, I was in a Christian school, and, and I remember um, being in a chapel one day in, in elementary, and I remember the preacher uh, preaching about sin, and, and that day I realized I was a sinner and that I had never accepted the Lord Jesus as my Savior. And I remember um, not even doing anything about it in the chapel service, but I remember uh, going back to our class after the um, after that chapel, and I remember our teacher talked a little bit more about it, and uh, it was there that I raised my hand, and, and my teacher uh, took me and showed me from the Bible how I could be saved, and, and that was the day I trusted the Lord as my Savior, and I'm thankful for that. I, I grew up in a pastor's home, and uh, so I knew I knew the Bible, I knew I knew the things of the Lord, um, but mm-hmm. still as I grew up and, and uh, became a teenager, I really got backslidden for quite a while, and um, the Lord really got a hold of my heart. I remember one summer at camp, um, I remember God just really speaking my heart, and uh, uh, I, I believe I was in my ninth grade year, and I gave my life to God mm-hmm. and answered the call to preach that year, mm-hmm. and uh, it was really from that time on uh, that things were really different for mm-hmm. me, and... Um, I uh, decided to come to Crown College. The Lord led me here uh, right after I graduated high school. And uh, I, I was uh, coming here believing that I was going to be uh, going and serving in youth ministry. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of where it all started for me. Awesome. That is great there. How old were you when you got saved? I know you mentioned you were elementary. Yeah, I, was, I was six years old. Six years old and then answered the call to preach when you were in ninth grade. Man, that's something right there. And you hinted at it there at Bible college, but question building off of that, where all have you served at in ministry? What roles, maybe where you went to college at, as you said, what staff roles you've served at since then, and how long, and that kind of thing? Sure. So um, when, I, when I came to uh, Crown College, again, I, I had a burden for young people, and uh, immediately when, when I got here, um, I, I wanted to be involved in things. And so we uh, began serving on, I began serving on the bus route. And uh, I loved it. I loved working with the teenagers and uh, began to try to reach teenagers here in this Knoxville area. And uh, I, I love jumping into the Bible clubs here. Um, uh, our church and college has um, Bible clubs in, in all the public schools in this area. So just about uh, 48 different clubs that meet every week. And um, I was able, as, as a college student, mm-hmm. as I came here, to work in many of those clubs and uh, work alongside the church members here and uh, the, the youth leaders, and the Lord really used that in my life. Um, I, I remember Colton saying early on, this is really funny, but I remember saying my freshman year uh, that I would never work camp. 
<laughs> and I remember telling the guys in my dorm, I said, uh, I'm never going to work camp. And, and uh, I remember my sophomore year of college, uh, Lord really working in my life, uh, some things going on back home and um, mm. some different things the Lord was really using to um, get me out of, out of my comfort zone. I remember going down to, uh, we had a big meeting here, and I remember going uh, down to the altar and praying. And, um, mm. and I remember that, that particular service, I said to the Lord, whatever you want me to do this mm. summer, I'm going to do. And literally, I got up from the altar at the end of the service, and someone came right right up behind me and says, hey, um, would you pray about working camp this summer? Literally, right <laughs> after I'd prayed that. And uh, this happened to be uh, Pastor Mark Fowler. Now, mm-hmm. he, he was the camp director of Lake Texoma Baptist Youth Camp and one of the camps that Crown College runs during the summer. And uh, it was funny because I said I'd never do it. <laughs> and uh, that summer started something for mm-hmm. me. This is um, now this upcoming summer will be my 11th summer in a row working camp. Wow. <laughs> and uh, so... Uh, I graduated college, and um, the Lord opened the door for me to stay here and direct the camp here at Mount Moriah Christian Camp, and um, and my wife and I have been here now. This is our eighth summer uh, directing the camp, mm. and then as we've been here, we've also been working the youth ministry, and uh, a couple of years into it, we uh, began uh, to be the youth director mm. here at Temple Baptist Church and overseeing all of our teen ministries mm. and, and all of our camps and and all of those things. We also do a little bit with music as mm-hmm. well, um, and, and help out in any area we can. But that, those are the main the main things. That awesome. We help so with. a little bit of everything: music, yeah. camp, youth, <laughs> yeah. this and that. And as yeah. a side note for the listeners, one thing I think is funny is he said that you know he'll never ever work camp, yeah. and now here he is, the camp director <laughs> of the church. And I know when I was younger, I told everyone I would never preach, and here I am mm-hmm. being a preacher. And it's funny how that whatever we tell God, we're not going to do. It's like he has a sense of humor, and he's like, you know what? Just because you said you're not going to do it, I'm going to make you do this for the rest of your life. But uh, moving on (laughs) to the next question here, now that we know who you are and a little bit about you testimony-wise, now we'll jump into the questions on youth ministry here. Sure. But what is the goal of youth ministry? Yes, so, you know, people have lots of different ideas and and thoughts about youth ministry, Um, but if we break it all down, uh, really the thing that we're trying to do here in our youth ministry is two things. We're trying to reach teenagers and we're trying to teach teenagers. Mm-hmm. It's as basic as that. Um, we, we want to do our part in reaching teenagers, and we're doing our uh, mm-hmm. dead-level best to try to reach teenagers in this Knoxville area. Uh, I've been uh, very encouraged even in the past couple months, teenagers that have uh, been saved and mm-hmm. uh, baptized, and now they're following the Lord and, and being uh, discipled. Um, and, and really that just comes from people having a burden to see teenagers saved. Mm-hmm. Um, people ask me sometimes, is it possible to see teenagers saved these days? And I say, yes, the gospel mm-hmm. still works. Amen. And uh, we need to get the gospel to teenagers. But just as important as that is, it's important to teach teenagers and mm-hmm. to uh, show them the way that the Lord has for them in their life. And uh, so we're trying to, reach, trying to reach them. We're trying to teach them. And, uh, and then we're trying to get them to be an active part in our church. It's all about getting them plugged into the local church. Mm. It's not about necessarily the youth group. Um, it's about having a youth group, a part of a local church mm. where they're serving actively. And and uh, this local church is something they're going to be a part of the rest of their life. And uh, we want them to get their heart deep into what God's mm. doing through the local church. Amen. That's a great goal there. I think you summed it up very well. This is the main thing, the crux of what youth ministry is. And going off of that, so many of the listeners who listen to this are young adults, age 18 to 24 is probably the largest Mm. 
demographic group of the podcast. So what are some practical ways that a young adult, someone around that age frame, can use their influence to impact teens in the right way? Yes, I think it's very important that, that all of us are trying to help the generation to come. And um, I think uh, whether you specifically are called to work with young people or uh, whatever God has given you to do in His work, uh, we all need to see the need to help the generation coming after us. And um, I think it's as simple as, as just trying to make a difference in one life. Mm. Um, I remember being in college here, and I remember um, I tried doing this. I wasn't always as faithful as I should have, mm. but I tried every semester praying that the Lord would give me one young person to impact. Mm. And I remember many semesters where um, I was able to lead a young person to the Lord and, and, and begin to disciple that mm. young person. And um, just the other day, I was out and about in, in town here and met and saw a young person that I had led to the Lord um, many years ago wow. and, mm. uh, and had a really encouraging uh, conversation with that young man. But um, I think all of us just need to, on purpose, try to pour ourselves mm. into one young person. And it's amazing um, what God could do if we just determined to do that. I'll tell you one quick story. Um, I, I'll never forget a young man by the name of Andrew who um, we happened to meet in town here, and uh, uh, I got connected with his family. and uh, his, his younger brother I'd known from one of the Bible clubs I was in and one of the schools. And, and this young man came and got saved and really got on fire for the Lord. His family started coming to church. and um, I remember... Um, uh, they were they were all coming there for a little while, and uh, a couple of years had gone by, and and I got disconnected. He had graduated from um, from high school, mm. got disconnected with him just a bit, and and I I got a call one day uh, about a tragic car accident, and um, I remember uh, uh, actually it happened on our camp property, mm. and uh, right at the entrance of our camp property, this. this uh, it was a terrible car accident, and uh, I got called, and it was this young man, Andrew. Yeah. Uh, he had he had gone off the road and hit this tree, and uh, I remember going to the viewing um, of of this young man, and I remember going and, and going up to his parents and and saying to them, "Hey, I just want you to know that I I was with Andrew the day that he trusted Christ, and uh, his mom and dad both just started weeping yeah. um, because they didn't." They didn't know where he was or, wow. or what happened to him after he died, and I was able to show, show them and talk yeah. to them about the gospel and 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 how Andrew had trusted Christ as a savior. And so, yeah. uh, that really is um, what we should be trying to do: is try yeah. to go after teenagers and help just pour our life yeah. into them. Man, I could agree with that wholeheartedly. Great answer there. Now, that one being geared to young adults, the next question here being geared to the teens: If yes. you could get every saved teenager in America in one room and you could give them one piece of advice, what would it be as a youth director? What would you tell them? Yes, I, I'd say, um, if I could share this verse, Romans 1.16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. I'd say this, just simply, don't be ashamed of the gospel. Hmm. Uh, so many young people are bold about all kinds of things in our world. They're, they're bold about their favorite sports team or uh, their their hobbies or whatever. Don't be ashamed of the gospel. Um, be uh, be excited, enthusiastic about giving the gospel. I believe that uh, teenagers could be really the key in seeing our nation turn back to God. I believe they could be the key in seeing revival break out in churches. 
Um, if a young person gets thoroughly right with God, uh, it, it's something special. Yeah. And um, so I would just say this. Don't be ashamed of the gospel. Um, realize that um, our country could be turned back to God by a group of young people mm. really getting serious about living for the Lord yeah. and, and sharing the truth of the gospel. Mm, man, very powerful. That I know the gospel never changes. The gospel never fails, no matter how young you are, no matter how old you are. Mm. And I do believe Amen. that if every young person that's listening to this podcast right now just began to purpose in their heart they were going to lead someone to Christ by the end of the month, Amen. what God could do through that. And then if you begin to pour your life into that person and disciple them, next thing you know, mm-hmm. now instead of a group of maybe four or five teenagers, now you have 10 teenagers and 15 and 20 and so forth. Because you never know what power, what the gospel can mm-hmm. do through someone's life. I'll share this one thing. Just, just yesterday mm-hmm. in our church service, um, there's a couple that have been coming for a couple weeks now to our church. And um, the uh, actually their their kids have been riding our Sunday school bus wow. for years, and uh, they began to have some uh, issues in their marriage. And um, one day the the bus captain came by their house, and um, they they uh, talked to the bus captain who had been mm-hmm. coming there faithfully for years, and said, "You know, we're struggling with our marriage. Uh, can you do anything to help us?" And that bus captain said, the greatest thing you can do is get into church and allow God to work in your life. Mm. Um, that couple began coming for, I believe, two or three weeks, to my knowledge. I'm not really sure. But um, yesterday morning, um, the invitation started, and this man stepped out into the aisle. And I was able to meet him there. And I said, what can I do for you? He said, I have to be saved. Wow. And I said, what's what's going on? What's the Lord doing in your heart? And he said, he said, I've realized that I'm not saved, and I have to get this settled right now. And, and mm. I wish you could have seen the joy that came mm. across him uh, when he trusted the Lord as his Savior. And mm. that, is what, uh, that is what the gospel can do yeah. in lives. And, uh, and that's, that's the amazing thing. We can have influence in our community to see people come to know the Lord as their Savior. Mm. Amen. Now, going back to teenagers here, I know that you love to influence and be around teenagers. Then again, because you are youth directors, that would make sense, obviously. <laughs> but what is your favorite Bible story, or maybe a Bible passage to preach to teenagers, and why? Yes. So I have many things that I, that I enjoy. Um, I, um, I have many messages that I'll, I'll preach to our teenagers here, and or, or to, uh, any teenagers I have an opportunity to speak to. But uh, my, I'd say my go-to passage. Uh, working with teenagers is one of my really one of my life verse passages if you mm-hmm. will it's Colossians chapter 3 1 through 4 and uh, I'll read these verses quickly if ye then be risen with Christ seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God set your affection on things above not on things on the earth for ye are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God mm-hmm. when Christ who is our life shall appear then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Um, I, I love this passage for, for many reasons, and the Lord really mm. speaks to my heart with many of these verses. Um, but if young people could get a hold of what we find in verse number four, when Christ, who is our life, uh, if they could just understand that, mm. uh, if they could just give their life to God, yeah. there's no telling what God could do with it. And I, I sit here and say that's my testimony. Mm. I Never imagined the ways that God would use my life. And uh, really, we're just starting out. You know, mm-hmm. my wife and I are really just kind of beginning of things. Mm-hmm. And um, young people have uh, so much opportunity ahead of them. 
And uh, and this, these verses go on to talk about setting your affection on things above, living for eternal yeah. um, value. You know, living for eternity in, in mind is what these verses are talking about. Amen. Great there. Now, changing gears from youth ministry, we'll just change here a little bit. But I know this past year, year and a half or so, there was a situation that you and your wife went through with a health issue with your wife. So could you have me tell the audience about that and a spiritual lesson that God taught you through that situation? Yes. Um, so, yes, we just about a year and a half ago, um, we uh, had, a, had a very difficult trial that we came into. And um, I know lots of people that have dealt with health issues. And, um, and I, I really just want to give God glory through all of this because uh, the Lord really did a miracle in my wife's uh, life. But um, I, uh, about a year and a half ago, my wife started experiencing some really bad neck pain and um, her arm was beginning to go numb. Uh, of course, uh, people around here know mainly she's, uh, she loves teaching piano and playing mm. piano and is involved in a lot of church music here in that way. Um, and she began to have a lot of numbness in her hand where her right hand, mm. uh, she started to lose function of her hand, really. And we thought it was a chiropractic issue. And, um, you know, if I told you the whole story of how God really directed us, mm. it, it was amazing. Um, but we came in contact with a, um, a UT doctor and and began a friendship with them, honestly, just kind of out mm-hmm. of the clear blue. And that person told us, after hearing Lydia's story, that we need to go and get an MRI immediately. Um, we went and uh, and had this MRI done, some other tests done, and, and they concluded that uh, Lydia had a tumor, a schwannoma mm-hmm. tumor that had grown into her neck. And uh, this tumor is one that grows on the spine. Hmm. And it had in her neck. It had entangled into the spine and uh, had grown probably for uh, for quite some time, and, and now was starting to cause some issues with her nerve uh, nerves in her arm. Uh, long story short, um, we uh, we began seeing doctors here in Knoxville, and uh, earlier, you know, the the diagnosis was good. They said this is a normal thing, you know, problem. Um, but we began to see a specialist, and we when we saw this specialist. Uh, the tune began to change dramatically, and they, uh, I remember going to the doctor's office one day, and, and, uh, and the, the man met us and said, you know, I'll just be completely honest with you. He said, this is a tumor that I cannot take care of. He said, mm. um, he said I don't feel comfortable operating on this because of the location of it and the, the difficulty of it. And uh, he said, I recommend you go to somewhere like Cincinnati University or, um, you know, some, some bigger medical center. Uh, so we ended up going to the Spine Institute in um, Louisville, Kentucky, and uh, uh, the, the doctors there, um, we went to see them, and they, again, were very uh, apprehensive about it because of the location of it and just um, the, uh, the where this tumor was located, really. Um, but the Lord led us there, and, and um, the Lord helped us. She had, um, in uh, December of 2019, uh, she had the surgeries completed. And, uh, it was a surgery from the front and from the back, of the neck, and uh, they were able to remove the uh, tumor 100%. Wow. And um, the amazing thing was they said, you know, you, you may not be able to use your arm for the next year. Actually, they, they said the, the, the biggest thing was they didn't know if she'd receive function in her arm again. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, within a month, she was actually playing the piano just a little bit with that right wow. hand. And, and then within three or four months, she was back uh, really not fully recovered, but using, you know, able to use mm-hmm. her arms. And 
so the Lord really did amazing work uh, in that situation. And I'd say the biggest thing we learned <clears throat> above anything else was just, um, you know, I know it sounds, uh, you know, simple, but just leaning on the Lord for strength. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, we take we take our health and our abilities kind of for granted sometimes, mm-hmm. and um, the Lord really taught us to really depend on Him fully through that situation. Yeah. That there wasn't anybody else we could depend on. Even the doctors were really yeah. unsure, but we really had to rely on the Lord for that. Yeah, and it's one of those things you said, trusting on the Lord. It's one of those things it's easy to talk about and tell someone to do, but it's mm-hmm. another thing to live it out knowing yeah. I have to actually do what I've been saying now. And it, right. it's completely different when you can't do – you literally cannot do anything mm-hmm. except lean on God. And then you watch God – work in his time, and you watch God answer that prayer, and you watch God answer it hmm. exceedingly above how that you ever may ask or think. And yeah. it's great how God does that in the life of every believer if you'll just trust him. Now, last question here, closing up the interview. What is your life verse or one of your life verses, and can you give the audience a uh, challenge from that verse? Sure. I, I think this kind of goes along with the story we just I just told, hmm. but um, this is a verse that God gave me my very first summer directing uh, our camp here, and it was uh, a crazy summer. I was trying to figure things out, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, uh, when you're new at something, it's difficult. When you're new at camp, it's it's extremely <laughs> hard, you know, because you're you're dealing with hundreds of young people and and just uh, all the craziness that is involved in that. And Lord really gave me this verse in Second uh, Corinthians chapter three, verse five. And uh, this verse says, Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. Mm. And uh, that last phrase, our sufficiency is of God. Um, Mm. In in and of myself, I'm not sufficient for any of the things that I'm called upon to do day after Mm. day. Uh, I'm not sufficient. I can't can't handle them on my own, but our sufficiency is of God. And uh, that's that's where uh, that's where we have to live as a Christian. We have to really bring our dependence on Him, mm-hmm. not in our abilities, because our abilities will at some point come to the end of our own strength. Yeah. And uh, that's something we found in our own lives, uh, my wife and I both. And um, our sufficiency is of God. And that's a that's a daily uh, lesson that we have to learn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that, that phrase, but our sufficiency is of God, just how powerful that is, man. Thank you for that challenge. Thank you for doing taking time out of your day to do the interview. And do you mind closing out the episode in a word of prayer? I appreciate Colton doing this, and and thank you for having us on here. And if we can uh, do anything to be an encouragement to any of you, we'd love to help you. And uh, pray with us uh, for for this generation, uh, that God would get a hold of their hearts and that um, young people would... Uh, really get on fire for God and do something amazing in this country for Him. Mm. Let's pray together. Lord, we love you and we thank you uh, for this time that we could spend and talk about these things today. And Lord, I pray that you'd help us to have our sufficiency on you today. Lord, that we would look to you, have our eyes on you today. And uh, Lord, I thank you for how, you, how you're working in our lives. And uh, Lord, we do pray for uh, this generation of young people, Lord. There's uh, Lord, there's so many young people in this country around the world that need you desperately. Uh, Lord, young people that are hurting, uh, Lord, they're alone, and uh, Lord, that they need someone uh, to care about them. And I pray, Lord, today that we would, uh, Lord, have our eyes on you and have our hearts fixed upon you so that we can help the next generation. And Lord, I just thank you for this time we could spend together. 
And I pray, Lord, you would just bless us and give us a wonderful day. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.